0: That's ljsinnercircle.com, or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. If you've been studying jazz for a little while, you probably have heard from somebody, whether it be me or somebody else, that it's a good idea to learn jazz solos or jazz etudes. And you may or may not fully understand why it's a good idea to do. And if you don't understand that it could be not very motivating to go through the process of doing something tedious like this. So in today's episode, I'm going to explain why this is a great practice and some insights that I think you'll find really valuable around these practices. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, He's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards, with musicians just like you learn how to play jazz, all while shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Now, like I said uh, in the intro there, uh, if you've been playing jazz for any period of time, whether it's been a month or two, or it's been years, I can pretty much guarantee that from someone you've heard, t- learning jazz solos or etudes is a great idea, right? So your favorite jazz musicians, like if you're a, a Wynton Kelly fan, you know, learning a Wynton Kelly solo, um, if you're a, a Sonny Stitt fan, learning a Sonny Stitt solo, right? You get the idea, right? Or even if you're, let's say, um, a guitar player, like learning how to play some chord melody from a recording, you know, whatever it happens to be. You'll often also hear professional musicians go a step further and say hey actually learn them by ear right instead of like reading a piece of sheet music i'll talk a little bit more about that in a second but either way there's a lot of problems and resistance i've noticed that comes up when i give this advice to people right um, for example in our inner circle membership we do a Q&A session with me every single month uh, where people can ask their questions to me live on a Q&A session. Um, and this, this, a similar question to this did come up. Like, what is the point? We study etudes in our Jazz Standards Club, which is where we study a new jazz standard every single month. And we have an etude, which is basically just a composed jazz solo that we recommend our students and our, our members in the inner circle learn. So the question was around, hey, why am I learning this? like How is this going to help me, right? Because some complaints I get about this are, "Hey, okay, so I learned this solo by so and so, but now I'm here improvising, uh, and these ideas aren't coming out in my playing, right? So I put all this effort into learning this solo, and they're not naturally coming out in my playing. like I'm not I'm not actually playing Sunny Sonny Rollins lines, right?" or or I'll, I'll also hear, well, I'll try to like, you know, play an idea that I learned, but it kind of just sounds forced. It doesn't sound very natural. So if that's the experience that you're having, then I can totally understand why it can feel like needless work, right? Especially if you're going around learning a solo by ear, which for a lot of folks, you aren't used to learning music by ear. That can be quite a challenge. Of course, it gets way easier the more you do it, where you know, honestly, it becomes second nature. But that being said, you know, if you're used to reading music a lot, like that's a big task, right? So, you know, this, these are all the things that come up of struggles and resistance that I get when I talk about learning jazz solos by ear, right? Or learning jazz solos or etudes at all. Right? Why are we actually doing this? So let's go down to the basics first, right? Because I think it's important that you understand the basics of why we actually do this, or why this is a really, really good idea. If you're interested in learning how to play jazz, whether it be comping or improvising, um, which by the way, comping is also improvising, but regardless of that, like if you're interested in doing that, why this is a super good idea? So we'll talk about why it, the basics of why it's a good idea first. And then we'll talk about some best practices with learning solos and etudes so that it does actually have a meaningful impact on your jazz playing. Sound like a good idea? Cool. So let's go into that right away. So why is it a good idea to learn a jazz solo by ear? And it comes down to something really, really, really Simple, okay. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. I first came up with this particular analogy when I was giving my workshop uh, keynote at our Learn Jazz Live uh, virtual summit this year, and that is my wife is from Greece. She's Greek, and so her uh, her dad and her siblings, uh, some of her siblings, still live in in Greece, right? So we go out and visit the family um, at least once a year. We go over to Greece and spend time with her family, right? Now, as you can imagine, I don't know how to speak Greek. I'm getting better. I'll learn new things all the time. But when I go to Greece, it is a challenge for me because I don't speak the language, right? That's pretty obvious, right? That would be a challenge for someone who doesn't speak the language. So in other words, I'm going into this environment where I need certain things, right? I need For example, a glass of wine at a restaurant, right? So I want to ask that person for a glass of wine, right? But I don't know how to ask it. Well, I listen and I ask the question to somebody else who speaks. So I'll I'll ask, you know, Filipia, my wife, or her dad, or something like that. How do I say I would like some wine, please, right? And they'll tell me, "Thaitala ligo kresi para Kalo, okay. That's how you say, I would like some wine in Greek, okay? So n- now hearing that, right, I, by, by hearing uh, Philippi and my wife say that to me and hearing her say that to a server, now all of a sudden I've learned one way to ask for a glass of wine, right, in, in the country of Greece in a very specific scenario as well. I'm at a taverna, right? And I'm asking a server for something that I want them to bring to me. So that's a very specific scenario in which I need to learn some vocabulary that will help me get a desired result. And, yeah you've probably also heard the almost to to um you're probably bored of hearing it or you feel like it's super cliche to say that like music and learning music especially improvisation and jazz is like learning a language and the fact of the matter it, it very much so is kind of the exact same thing right so by understanding something you can say over a particular context That is the only way, right? I will say this again. This is the only way that we can truly start learning how to say things over top of musical context, such as a chord progression, right? So if we're learning the jazz standard autumn leaves, right? Which has a bunch of two, five, one chord progressions. Well, we need to learn how to say things over top of a major two, five, one chord progression, right? So, I want to know, how do I say something over a, a major two five one chord progression? Very specifically, what's something that I can say over a major 2-5 chord progression in B-flat major? Because those are the first three chords in Autumn Lees. It's C minor 7, F7, seven, B-flat major 7. So what is something that I can say? Well, you could go to Miles Davis on that Cannonball Adderley recording and listen to see what, what Miles Davis actually played over top of those first three bars, or first four bars. Or Cannonball Adderley on that same recording? Like, what did Cannonball Adderley play over top of that? And I think maybe, is it, I'm not sure if it's actually Wynton Kelly who plays on that album, but Wynton Kelly, the piano player. What did Wynton Kelly play over top of those first three bars? Right? They're all probably doing something different. They're probably all using similar rules and rules, not meaning that, um, There are rules that have to be followed, but they're probably using similar techniques such as targeting altered notes over the five chord to resolve to a chord tone on the one chord. Like Certain things that you learn and you figure out the more vocabulary you learn, right? So it's important to learn solos or even smaller portions of solos by ear because you're essentially downloading a static context of something that you could possibly say over top of those core progressions, right? And by doing so, you are allowing yourself the opportunity to open up the door to create ideas that you've never heard before, right? Because how is it possible that I could ask for wine in Greece if no one ever told me what the what the word for wine is? It's crassi, right? So, If I didn't know the word which is wine, how am I ever going to possibly get started in asking for it? Right, right. So, you have to learn this vocabulary, and when you hear sentences being formed in music, this is where we can start understanding and opening our mind. Okay. Now, the other thing that goes along with this, it's not only just about now. I know that that's a possibility to say that over top of a two-five-one chord progression you're also internalizing this music, right? You're internalizing it so that you can hear it, right? It's the same thing. So you've probably heard the saying before too, like if you can hear it, you can play it. Well, obviously that's an oversimplification, right? Just because you can hear an idea in your head doesn't mean you can necessarily play it. However, especially when it comes to improvisation, if you can't actually hear a musical idea in your head, it's less likely that you're going to be able to reproduce anything like it on your instrument right really it is so if you've if you can't hear an idea in your head that's going through your head right like if you've ever caught yourself like singing solos to yourself or bebop the reason you can do that is simply because you've heard bebop before you've heard jazz before you've heard solos before right um So if you can't hear any of those ideas in your head in the first place, you're probably not going to be able to reproduce them on your instrument, whether it be planning it out, like composing a solo or improvising a solo, right? Which is the act of responding in the moment. So the more you're learning language, the more you're hearing that language, right? Now, how well you're actually internalizing that and hearing that depends on how you learn it. Okay, we'll talk about that in one second. But let's go on to the next benefit here, right? And that is the more of this jazz language you do learn, right? The more of it you do learn, like I mentioned before, you're going to start seeing certain, again, I don't want to call them rules, but commonalities that jazz musicians will play right when someone says oh that sounds jazzy right it's kind of an annoying thing to say that something sounds jazzy because what what does that truly mean but we also intuitively do know what that means when someone says oh that sounds very jazzy right and the reason it sounds jazzy is because jazz musicians are using a lot of the same techniques like i said before targeting altered chord chord tones and extensions on dominant seventh chords that resolve to like a one major chord or a one minor chord like that's something you'll you'll hear a lot that tension and resolution right there's uh that joke of with that that spinal tap video if you ever like looked up that spinal tap video on youtube where they're talking about um how like jazz musicians play the wrong notes like you can actually get a degree in playing the wrong notes right it's kind of a joke but they're just talking about how like yeah You Jazz musicians are technically playing all these quote-unquote wrong notes, right? The altered chord tones. But the reason it actually sounds good in context is because they resolve them to actual great uh, strong chord tones like the thirds and the sevenths and the fifths and even the root, right? So you'll start hearing that over and over and over again. So the idea perhaps isn't that we're going to learn this one, Sonny Rollins line, and now we've downloaded it. And now we're going to play it verbatim in our improvisations. That's really not the idea. And again, I'm going to expand on that particular concept in just a second, a little bit further. But the idea is that the more that we're learning the way jazz musicians say something over top of a two, five, one, the more we're starting to make connections of what comes up time and time again, so that our internalization is based on that. It's based on, hey, here's a concept that I'm seeing come up time and time again. And now my ear is hearing it like we're talking about before. And now my muscle memory on my instrument is starting to hear it right now. That's really the secret right there is if you can start marrying what you're hearing in your head with the muscle memory on your instrument, that's where it just starts becoming supernatural to play jazz solos, right? To improvise jazz solos is when we start connecting our ear with what we're hearing to our actual um muscle memory. And learning solos or etudes is a really good way to do that, right? It's a really good way to do that. Not just one, but two or three or four or five. And again, it doesn't have to be whole solos, but at least parts of them, like the A section of rhythm changes, for example, could be, you know, or just eight bars could be a really good idea, just a really good eight bars. And you do this over and over and over again, and it just starts making more sense, right? Okay, so those are like the benefits. And again, to summarize that, it's basically just if you've never heard someone say something to you before, if you've never learned some vocabulary before, or been exposed to something before it's pretty much impossible for you to understand it right it's impossible it's like if i've never gone rock climbing before or you know wall climbing before and someone is trying to describe a certain uh you know foothold or or hand hand grab that you do in rock climbing i might not completely understand that because i've never experienced it before i've never experienced the challenges of that before so Um, that is the basic reason why we do it. But again, let's start like digging into some of the frustrations, which are like, Hey, it's not actually coming out in my solos. So why am I spending my time doing this? So let's talk about how we're learning solos first. Now, one huge mistake I hear people do is they'll get a transcription of a solo or again, they're using an etude, a composed jazz solo and they'll just get out their horn and they'll read through it, right? They're just reading through it. And they may read through it over and over and over and over again. But just cuz you can read notes off of a page really well and you're creating beautiful music by reading music uh, by reading notes off of a page, does not mean that you're internalizing the information, right? And the reason that is, is because reading is a totally different side of language, right? It's a totally different side of language. Like just because I'm reading the pages of a book, right? I'm reading it very effectively. I know how to read, for example, the English language very well, does not mean that I'm memorizing what's on those pages, right? So it's important to understand that that when you're reading music, you're exercising a completely different language muscle than you are when you're learning something by ear or even if you're just memorizing it. So the key there, what I just said, is memorizing. It's really important that if you're learning a solo or an etude that you memorize that piece of music. Otherwise, you're not doing yourself a lot of favors. So even if you do read music and you're not learning a solo by ear, by memorizing what you're reading, so for example, you read the first line, and then you memorize that first line, and then you go to the second line, and you memorize that line. If the ultimate result is that you memorized it in the end, that's good enough. Because again, our, our goal is to internalize that solo. Now, obviously, the most ideal way when it comes to jazz improvisation, and again, I want to I really emphasize, this is the ideal It's not that you have to do it every single time. It's not that if you're not doing it, you're failing. Absolutely not. But learning music by ear is always a good idea because not only does it naturally force you to memorize, right? Because you're not reading music. So it naturally forces you to memorize and internalize that music. It also helps you to use your ears very critically and your ears are your best asset as an improviser. Remember I talked about how great improvisation comes from when hearing stuff in your head and muscle memory come and meet together in the middle right so learning by ear is really going to be helpful for improvisation in general if that is your goal right if that is your goal that is the best muscle to exercise so even if you're adding a little bit of that into your musical diet where it's like hey i want to learn this solo um, I don't have the capacity yet or I'm not good enough at learning stuff by ear to learn the whole 32 bars of this chorus by ear. Well, even if you just got the first eight bars by ear and then read and memorized the rest of it, that would be a huge accomplishment, right? That would actually be a really good thing for you and your musicality, right? Because again, the more we can internalize and hear this music, the better, the better it's going to be. Okay, so How you learn it does matter. And most of all, the most important thing is memorizing the solo. Now, the next question I'll often get from Inner Circle members when I tell them this is, well... I how do I remember this? Do I review it all the time so that I never forget it? And that comes into my second point, is that it really is not the point that you remember how to play a solo forever. I literally do not remember any of the jazz solos I've learned in the past. And I spent one year learning 32 bars of a solo every single week, okay? Um, that's a lot, by the way, a lot of of jazz solo to learn. Um, and then I continued that practice for years after, not necessarily 32 bars a week, but still learning solos a lot. I do not remember a single one of them. Now, if the recording comes on um, while I'm doing work around the house, I'm start singing the Winton Kelly solo to Freddie Freeloader, right? That was the first jazz solo I ever learned. I can still pretty much sing that solo verbatim. I probably can't play it on my instrument because the muscle memory isn't there anymore, but I can still hear it, Right. So the idea isn't that you're able to play it forever and ever and ever and ever. It's just like you want to have some short term memory around that solo. Like let's just say, like, if you learned it one month and then one month later you were to be able to play it again, that would be a good thing. If two months later you're like, ooh, I'm not sure if I remember this anymore, because A, you probably moved on to learning something else, or it's just been a long time, that would be okay, honestly. That wouldn't be a big deal because again, it's more about how can I extract certain things from that solo that I want to carry with me, right? Okay, so that's really important to understand the memorization process and how to learn that jazz solo. That's gonna be super important for whether or not it actually has a meaningful impact. Now, the the next thing that is really important if you really want this to work out for you and start seeing some results is you have to do something with that that musical language that you've learned, okay? You have to do something with it after. Like, it's not just you learned and memorized uh, a couple pages of a book, right? <laughs> like, what what are you going to do with that information? How are you going to put it into action? So there's a couple options that you could do. So one basic one, which you've probably heard before, um, we'll just get this one out of the way. And that is, hey, if you're learning this 32 bars of a jazz solo or an etude, and there was a 251 line that really stood out to you as appealing to you, like, wow, I really resonate with that. And I want to carry that with me further. Then what we do is we start extracting from that solo. So we go, okay, I like that 251 line. How can I internalize that even further? Right. Well, one a very obvious way to do that is taking it through all 12 keys or at least multiple different keys, right? Um, now, I've done whole podcast episodes about the benefits of all 12 keys. I won't dive into the depths of that other than just to say the more perspectives and flexibility and muscle memory you're able to create around a piece of music, a musical phrase, the more likely it's going to resonate. It's going to be internalized, right? so if you can play it in g and you can also play it in c and you can also play it in b in, in b or g flat right that that exposure to being able to play that piece of music no matter what note you're starting on that's going to really help you internalize that, especially when you come up to a 251 and, and D flat all of a sudden while you're improvising. You know, it's more likely that you'll have that muscle memory uh, involved than if you just learned it in one key. Okay, so that's extraction, right? If you really want to extract certain ideas that you want to hold on to longer, right? Because remember, the idea is we're not remembering this solo forever. And you also have to remember All you're really doing is copying a moment in time, a very specific musical context that happened, and that specific musical context will never come up for you. It will never come up. Like Even though you're playing the same chord changes, the way the music will flow from your brain out and the way that the other musicians will play their instruments that you're playing with, or even a backing track, right? Will never be the same as the way Miles Davis was playing for that recording session with Cannonball Adderley, right? It just, it never will happen. So you're just copying. So, really, by extracting, it's helping you isolate those ideas that you want to try to remember a little bit longer or at least try to explore more, right? Okay. The second thing, uh, the next thing that you can do after that, I'm not sure if we're on the second or the third, is You can analyze. Now, this isn't helpful for everybody, but I've found, in fact, I usually, in the past, I've always just kind of skipped this and never talked about it because to me, analysis isn't as important, but I've learned from a lot of students in my inner circle members that for some people, understanding what's actually happening is really important, right? I just got um, an email from one of our inner circle members today who is studying, um, a lick in one of our courses and is asking why over top of the G7 chord that resolves to a C major 7 chord is there an A flat it's really bothering me that i don't understand why there's an A flat in the G7 chord there should be an A natural right because the A natural is the third so why is there an A flat so that's an example of someone who really needs to understand what the notes mean to help make that connection in their brain well the A flat by the way if you're curious is the flat 9 g7 and a flat nine is a great altered extension to create tension and resolution over top of a dominant seventh chord a five chord right so understanding that lick that you're trying to internalize is really helpful so if that's something helpful for you that music theory really helps you that's the next thing that you can do to really help you internalize that musical information does that make sense okay so moving on the the next thing that you should do if you're trying to really get something out of your jazz solo is you should compose your own solo now i've been talking about this a lot on the podcast but I will not stop saying it and I will continually try to drill it into your head. Um, this is uh, this is a, the best way to like learn, by the way, is by hearing the same thing over and over and over again. And eventually you're like, oh yeah, that's right, I should probably try that out. <laughs> um, that's how it works. Um, so composing your own solo is a really good idea because A, it's slowing the improvisation process down so that you're not having to react. You're actually... Really slowing it down so that you can give yourself the, the time to compose what you imagine in your head. Like, this is what I really want to play. And the only way you're going to be able to compose something is if you've heard it before, right? Which is from that jazz solo you might have learned or the jazz solos you've learned, Or even just by listening to jazz, right? you just are hearing things. You're internalizing stuff even if you don't think you are. So now you're composing stuff. This is a great opportunity for you to apply some of the things that you've learned from that jazz solo. The music that you create for yourself is so much more likely to come out when you're playing later than something that you're taking from somebody else. Um, I have seen this really impact my playing personally whenever I've composed solos And also, it's something that I really suggest my Inner Circle members do. We even right now have a monthly jazz challenge going on where you compose your own jazz solo. And it really helps. It really, really helps my students as well. So a great thing to do would be to compose your own solo after you've learned a solo over that same jazz standard that you're working on. Because it's going to help you get that opportunity to apply those lessons you've learned in a different way. So it's not just you're composing. And you're like, Oh, I like that that lick. Let me compose that lick verbatim over top of that two, five, one chord question. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like recomp- recomposition. Like, how do I take that? I really like how he targeted the flat nine over top of that dominant seventh chord. What's another way that I can possibly do that? Or what's a cool idea that I keep hearing in my head that also uses that same concept, right? So composition is really, really important. It starts bridging the gap between learning language and actually improvising, right? It's like, it's like composition is the bridge between learning jazz language and improvising jazz language, right? So that's really, 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 really important to me is that you're doing that. Now, the last thing I want to talk about that, again, really addresses this frustration of like, hey, the solos that I'm learning are not coming out in my improvisation is first of all, just to let go of that, right? And I've alluded to this throughout the episode, but let go of the idea that you are going to play West Montgomery lines or John Coltrane lines um, or Hank Mobley lines in your jazz improv just because you've learned a solo, right? Let go of that. You have to think of, again, all this stuff is it's a long term play of connecting your ear, what you're hearing to your instrument, right? The muscle memory and what you're hearing in your head. You're learning the solos so that you can hear more things and you're listening to jazz so you can hear more things. You're learning those things on your instrument so that you can create muscle memory. You're composing your own jazz solos so that you can make it your own. And then improvising is reacting, So you practice improvising for the sake of practice improvising. Um, Now, if you checked out our Quick Win podcast episode on Friday, I talk about how to practice improvising. So if you missed that episode, then check that out. And by the way, you can also find the video version of that episode on LearnJazzStandards.com. So check it out there as well. But that's a great example of just practicing improvising, right? Right. And in that episode, you'll notice that like I'm improvising stuff and I'm improvising lines and I'm, I'm again, I'm just improvising. I'm not planning out any of that stuff. It's just kind of happening to me. And the only reason any of that stuff is actually happening to me is because I've learned the language and no, it did not happen overnight. It's a slow progression. It really is. But it's fun also to learn solos and play along with the recordings. Like, I hear time and time again, one of the solos I always recommend in my 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing course in our Inner Circle membership is the the Miles Davis solo on Freddie Freeloader and I can't tell you how many members I hear from that are like wow this is the first time I've learned a uh, a solo by ear and I'm playing it along with the recording like it is an exhilarating feeling to play along with Miles Davis and what a genius Miles Davis is I feel like I'm inside of his head like that is a fun right because the idea of this isn't to it, you know practicing music and learning solos by ear it doesn't need to feel like work right it can be fun it's a project yeah you're moving the needle in your improv for all the reasons i just talked about whether you're seeing the immediate results or the results down the road but it's also just fun to be like whoa that's cool i can play that hank mobley solo now right i can play that dexter gordon solo right now um I can play that Milt Jackson solo right now, like I've never thought I would be able to do that, and I can do that like it is fun to do it. so what I want to end this episode saying is that instead of making it feel like a chore, just shift your mindset around it to make it fun, and of course, only learn solos that you want to learn that you are like excited about. That helps motivate you to do this kind of work. And again, I hesitate to call it work just because I don't want you to continue thinking about it as work. But obviously, if there's effort. It, like practicing takes effort, right? It takes effort. It takes a long-term vision. And those who get good at anything, whether it be music or something else, they're able to kind of power through the moments where things do get frustrating because inevitably things will get frustrating right? They're they're able to enjoy the process enough that they're willing to go through those trials, right? They basically fall in love with practicing and they fall in love with playing. And the best jazz musicians I know have essentially done that. They've fallen in love with just playing their instrument and learning something new, not necessarily leveling up like a video game, right? Every single level you're, you've leveled up, you've leveled up just because you've accomplished a mission, right? It's more like enjoying the process. And if you can learn to enjoy the process of learning music, wow, that's where you're really gonna start seeing the results and the long-term success of playing better jazz. okay that's all for today's episode thanks for listening hope you found this helpful as always make sure you take action on today's episode right because knowledge without action isn't technically knowledge at all right at least it's not being fulfilled So make sure you take action. And you've probably heard me talk multiple times about my inner circle membership, just naturally. And if you're like, Hey, actually, that sounds like a good way to help me take action. Like if I actually had that one jazz standard to learn a month with an etude to learn. And if I did have some of these courses with step-by-step practice programs and accountability and a community of other musicians who are doing the same thing as I'm doing, that could be helpful. Right. And it also could make it more fun so check us out at ljsinnercircle.com ljsinnercircle.com that's where you can learn more about inner circle membership and uh, we'd love to have you join us that'd be a lot of fun so ljsinnercircle.com. all right we're gonna be coming out with another great quick win episode of the podcast this upcoming friday so tune back in make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll see you back then cheers thanks for listening to the ljs podcast Brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com Subscribe to the series on iTunes And don't forget to join our jazz community At LearnJazzStandards.com Forward slash newsletter